Hi all, uh, welcome to Xbox World Podcast 39. Joining me today are Matt Peller and uh, Mike Gaffer. And, deep, uh, deep. There he is. Um, I guess we'll, we'll jump straight into things then. Uh, what have you been playing this week? Matthew? Um, I've, <coughs> um, I've been playing a lot of Batman, which I'm sure we're going to come to again in, in a short yes. while. Um, obviously reviewed it for us. And I've had to write a, a stonking guide for our good friends at Games Master. You really Fair have Nets written issue. the most epic guide, I think, anyone. Since, since Geraint Evans told me he spent like 48 hours solid writing a Metroid, uh, he had to, I think he actually wrote one of those Metroid Primer guides. You know I, would, I would oh, never, right, yeah. ever write a guide to Metroid, my God. I think he got paid like a couple of grand for it, though. But oh, well, in that case, I'll sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd got paid a couple of grand. It felt like I'd done a couple of grand's work. It yeah, you managed a, to squeeze a few a extra pages out of them was, in the end, didn't you? <laughs> it, it was a lot of work. Um, interesting uh, comparison there, Metroid. Bat- Batman is a bit Metroid-y, I think, yeah. in the return yeah, to old areas. you can definitely tip it in the and, same uh, way. I don't like guides, palette. I find them degrading. It's, it's prostitu- straight prostitution. But if it re- if it means replaying a game as good as Batman That's once true. more, yep. hey, I'm all for that. I'm playing it, paying extra attention to everything as well. That game's got such attention to detail. And again, we're going to go into Batman big time in a minute. So, so you've but you've, you've, so done, you've, you've done your guide and you've, you've an done awful all, lot all of riddles. Batman. Uh, got all the riddles. Totally completed it, and um, as of last night, I've started playing GeForce, which we've got in for a review. 3D game from uh, Disney. Uh, yeah. Interesting, interesting listeners. Uh, everyone was freaking poo-pooing this big time before it came in. Obviously, the game, it goes without saying, isn't, isn't amazing. But whoa, whoa, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, everyone, <laughs> no, no. everyone was knocking the technology. I will, and then I will say the, the game is, the, the GeForce is a classier game than the usual children's sure. fair. It's yeah. not a good game, let's be honest, but it is a classier affair than usual. And the 3D effect. Yeah, well, really amazing. I mean, I think, you know, genuine ooze and ass. It's good old-fashioned 3D, so yeah. it means all your colours are messed up. It means you're looking for a blue and a, a green and a red lens. Yeah. But, and it... Absolutely wrecks your eyes after like an hour, but it, but it is very impressive. Well, we had a few scanners moments where heads just exploded after people took the. Uh, <laughs> well, took we, the we had it on in the office, and I was playing it, and then I handed it over to Tom, and f- like people put on the spare 3D goggles when I was watching it. Everyone seemed to have a problem with the like getting headaches or just finding it was messing with their eyes. Apart from me, yeah, I was getting on fine with it, and in the office it was great. When I took it home. Suddenly on my TV, it seemed like the colours were all... It was just a yellow game. Mm. Um, and after about an hour or so on it, then, yeah, I started feeling a bit woozy as well. But I was really, really impressed with it. Well, there's one part where you have to deal with these orange force fields while you're going along at speed. And, in a, uh, in a, uh, a hamster-type wheel. You know, Obviously, hamster, they're guinea yeah, pigs. a hamster but... ball kind of thing. So you're going along and you have to deal with these like orange projected force fields, which only one eye can see because <laughs> the red lens filters it out completely. That is that was tough on the eyes. But it looks kind of like a force field should. It looks like hard to see. Cause like if is that what a force field should look like? Is that yeah, you're your think, expertise with force fields? I don't, I don't believe like. a force field should look opaque. You know, that's a wall. I think a force field it should be quite difficult to see. It, yeah, like a Star Trek force field, just things. invisible, completely invisible. That'd that'd that would be unfair. That would be challenging. Right? <laughs> that would be challenging. <laughs> that would. I'm playing it on challenging. Thankfully, they're not invisible on, on challenging mode. Of course, you are. I can't believe we've, we've talked about GeForce for even this amount of time. So does that fill you with hope for like James Cameron's uh, Avatar? The thing is, James of... Cameron's Avatar game uses like swanky, yeah, futuristic, yeah. um, futuristic uh, polarised lens kind of 3D, mm. which is 
probably going to be a lot I, better. I, I always thought 3D was good. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm all interested in these 3D TV technology and stuff. I, I don't know, man. When Jim when Jim was like, it's like it's not like 1955 all again, all over again. And like everyone's just got bored of color film, so everyone just wants like some the next thing. Everyone's just trying everything, you know, to to know. make I like the next that. big thing. I like all that kind of stuff, like this. I was going to say Super Mario Nation, but that's the Thunderbird stuff, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. What's the one where they used to curve the screen? I've done a bloody degree in this. Cinemascope. Kind of Cinemascope. Have you actually seen a Cinemascope screen? They're freaking awesome. I don't understand why those things didn't aren't still aren't still going. What always pisses me off about IMAX screens is because IMAX screens look brilliant, right? Mm. They look amazing. They're huge. You so often use digital projection. They look brilliant. Or like a big 80 mil film or whatever it is. Mm. Like film, which is the size of your frigging whatever. But um, <laughs> the, the seats in those cinemas suck. So say you go, oh yeah, I'm going to go see The Dark Knight on the IMAX, brilliant. So you go to the IMAX, you put yourself in the seat and it's like sitting on like your wooden boards for two and a half hours. I've never at least it pleasure. was at the old Bristol IMAX. No, Maybe I'm... there's like a plush swish IMAX in London, we don't no, know about. I went to see, no, I went to see a Halo 3 launch event at, um, in a, at the IMAX in London and um, it was, uh, the seats were very plush. I also really? had Chan Chanel from Big Brother wearing the most ridiculously revealing outfit in front of me, lobbing, lobbing popcorn at her similarly dressed girlfriends in some yeah, strange I, I, I bet, I bet they were loving Halo they were just like oh, they were, oh, they, well, they, biggest they fans they weren't particularly enraptured by it I, I would say that also I got to uh, stand next to Christian Slater he seems alright old Slate yeah, he is well. the perfect Jack Nicholson impersonator in the same way that um, Hugh Jackman is the guy who's going to be he's going to be Clint Eastwood one day you yeah. know he's, he's going to play Clint Eastwood yeah. just because he's got the, the voice and a bit of the face yeah you yeah. know and he's, he isn't Clint is he nobody's Hugh Clint Jackman? He's, I guess he's, he's alright. Right. I mean, he started on stage, so credit where it's due. Got a lovely singing voice. Remember, uh, he's good in the Oscars. My ex-girlfriend made me watch um, Hugh Jackman and Maureen Lipman doing um, God. What's the What's the play with um, Maureen Lipman? Maureen Lipman, yeah. We what's the play with um, uh, Oh, it begins with Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, Oklahoma. Yeah, and he was in that. He was he was singing. Oh that. man, that's a beautiful song. He was singing that. I played, he, that. He, I played he, the lead in Oklahoma. And he's got, in, uh, he's got a lovely singing voice. Lovely. I got really? to sing. I got to sing that. I what was his name? I can't remember his name. Remember but at the same time, it's still Hugh Jackman. So if you're lucky, so listeners, maybe I won't regale you with a verse of that one. Forget him time. and his voice. You don't want to see it, trust me. Huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, hey, what, Wolverine was a terrible film. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God. Good game, though. No. Yes, it was. All right game. It was a good game. Don't, don't, that's fast and loose. I'm dropping the G-bomb. Playing good fast game. and loose with the word good there. It was good. Okay. It looked fun when I, I haven't played it, but I've watched a couple of people playing it and they were having a laugh. Perfunctory. It's the old, the old 6 out of 10, isn't it? 7 out of 10, seven. I think you're fine, right? <laughs> yeah, 7 out of 10, 71% to be exact. Oh, so is that what we gave it? Yeah, no, it's the old 7 out of 10. Spot on that. <laughs> right. Um, so, anything else? or That's it. I've just been Batman crazy this yeah. week. Um, how about you? I've also been playing Batman. Well, as you know, we kind of... Obviously, you... you... Oh, we got drilling in the, oh, in the, the recording studio. If you hear a strange sound, that's drilling. That's not Mike's stomach or my bowels. That is no, drilling. No, straight drilling. That's straight drilling. So anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, no, um, it was a kind of... Luckily, Mike was... Were you out of the country when, uh, when Batman came in? You were, weren't you? I was out of the country when Batman came so in. So I yippee hooray because Mike had kind of... Mike, Mike was the, the Batman obsessive in the office and he was the one that kind of was down to do the yeah, preview. Yeah, I did, I did the preview and the game yeah. was... Ooh, did that huge good. feature for us. Yeah. We um, had half the game when we did the preview. We obviously had the full game at this point. Yeah, sure. But then uh, Mike got called out to go on that top secret exciting trip. Which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Guys, Batman came in. It's just been it did the round. It's traded around the office like your it sister. It was. Well, I, 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 did I finish? I finished. Played it. 
No, you finished it first because you were I, I, it. And I, then I, I finished it for review, then handed it over to you. Yeah, and I you, took it home for the weekend and blitzed it. But brilliantly, you also took it home on the Friday, our only debug, so that we couldn't do any, any more testing on the Friday. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but wait a second. You like it, right? That was... Yes. Matt likes it. Rob likes it. You guys are bent, man. I hear that game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. you guys are crooked. You, you guys are totally crooked because that game, apparently IDOS has been like throwing around the, the big money to give out the scores, right? Yeah, well, they bribed me. I mean, well, um, Rory reviewed it for Games Master, and then the, the week after, he went two-week holiday to Canaries. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and that's, that why, was, that that's was... why I was over in San Francisco. They just, like, just gave me a holiday <laughs> for that preview. Why do you I'm... think I was in late this morning? I mean, Bath traffic's rubbish. I was yeah. trying to get my new Ferrari part. Oh, really? I got a Batmobile. Oh, you Yeah, no, I got a son of a bitch. I got a Batmobile. I flew in. They're flying me every day. In a Batwing? No, just in a helicopter. Oh, I mean, oh, they're not, let's not be silly with it. Yeah, right. So I'm the one who did the review. I only got a bloody Ferrari. Yeah, they're nice new shoes. They, uh, <laughs> you, when did you get them? Yeah, look. <laughs> Is that Batman logo? So anyway, it's been put on the internet that like, there's been this thing where, oh yeah, you know, the game's got to get this score, otherwise you can't review it, blah, 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 blah. And the Games Master score's out by now. Everyone knows it. It's like 96%. Mm-hmm. Our score ain't far shy of that. No one came to us with any crazy dealings. In fact, I, I remember when that uh, news broke in the office... Rob and I were really pissed off because at the time it was the case that everyone had code and if they were going to give it a certain score they could run the review and if they weren't going to give it a score they couldn't. We didn't have code at that point. No, we were getting we really like, angry saying, got, where's every, our every code? Every man's dog's got the freaking code for this <laughs> Yeah, game, we, were, we, we, were chase, we were chasing code. It like, turned out no one else in the office had it either. Like some people are still like just filtering through to now, people. Now to be fair, IDOS do have alleged previous for this, haven't they? I mean, we all remember the, the Jeff Gershman yeah. Lynch debacle. Um, mm-hmm. So I can understand some people being a bit... Wary. Wary. Yeah. Um, but it's a, the case of the internet again where someone kind of says something and it's almost taken as gospel and all of a sudden you've got tons of people just driving me mad going like, I'm not going to buy this and this game looks good, you know, look, looks good, but no way a nine, you know, da 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 Here's the thing. Well, I think we should say, establish right now, when this game comes out, Mm. every single person who was like oh yeah you know they're, they're bent as hell are going to play this game and they're going to be like oh that is a 95 mm. yeah, that is a straight 96 95 whatever people are going to be so surprised by that or maybe not surprised maybe they're you know maybe well, we, they're of the curve on it I think I think we I think I, I wrote that you know we knew it was going to be good and we'd, pl- we'd, we'd seen they've done a great job of marketing it yeah they've done it they gave us some, not pre- game of the year some preview code like and we were like yeah, it's freaking amazing, but there's no way that the, the final build is going to be this good and maintain that quality. Well, Newsflash, they did it. it. Does. It's long, too. Long, chunky, yeah. a chunky game. Good 10 hours, good 12 hours there. I mean, we, we were throwing some crazy talk around in the office last week. And, you know, I was saying, is it the best game I've played this generation? I was thinking, well, it might not be quite the best, but I can't think of many titles that no. were better than I actually ended up posting on Kotaku under, a, you know, like a pseudonym. Just, just trying to straighten it out and stick up for GM because they were getting so much stick. And I was just saying, you know, totally concur with what, what, what Rory said. And, and as regards to the fact that it was such an effusive review, well, that's GM. They're just an effusive magazine. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they are geared for a slightly younger audience. And, and, you know, I thought it was a... Hey, look, I don't have to freaking apologise to get excited about a game. It's yeah. great. I mean, there's so many keyboard warriors that are cynical, every, giving uh, it this and that on the forums. And like, I'm absolutely at it with the internet. The internet should be yeah, banned. Everyone on the internet is a grumpy, a grumpy sod, man. You, it's, it's every time something good comes out. 
but hello to everyone on the on internet it. listening to this podcast. How, how are you we doing, guys? You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave up reading comment threads a long time ago just because I find them so infuriating. Just certain, certain blogs in this country. Mm. Uh, that well, people probably... cry out for personality and reviews, and then when they get it, they, they don't like it. Yeah, they, absolutely. They um, the, only thing, the only downside of this big fallout, I, I believe, is I'm really worried that certain parties, when they now look at Batman and review it, are going to be scared to give it the score that the game deserves. I think you might be right. Because they're worried that they'll be called like sellouts or whatever. If anybody give this, gives this game less than a nine, they are kidding themselves and they're kidding their readers. I, yeah. think, I honestly believe that. I think this it is, is that This is without question. Good. I mean, Rob sat there and he said, this is like one of the best games I've played all generation. Mm. And I agreed. I, I agreed, when I, played, I, I agreed like... when I played half the game for preview. I played half the game, got to the part where... It all finishes. I won't spoil it for anyone. Got to the part where that, that particular half of the game ended. Hit restart. Went straight back to the beginning because I wanted more. I the never do that. I, I mean, I never do this. But as soon as I finished it, I remember saying to you, Matt, I started again on. Well, I had to go at some of the challenge rooms. Yeah. And then I was like, I want to play this game again. Straight back in on hard. I, I I never do that. I didn't do that with. I've never done that with any game. I'm not saying that's it's my favorite game ever, but. There's so, many, there's so many elements to Batman and it does every single one of them so well yeah. that you never really get bored because you're always doing... Nothing feels like a chore. It's always, oh man, I'm having so much Again, fun fighting. I so said this fun. in my preview and I think Matt may have touched on it in his review. Right, like in, in GTA, a great game, highest score game we've ever had in the magazine, you play through some shit bits to get to the good bits. That's true. There are some crap bits in the game. You play through them to get to the good bits because the good bits are so good. Gears of War as well. You know, you play through the crap bits to get to the good bits. Even Halo 3 had that awful Cortana level, which you play through to get to the brilliant escape at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Batman has no shit bits. You don't play through anything to it get to the no good bits. It has no average bits either. No, you don't, play, you don't play through anything bad or anything average or anything that will bore you to get to the good bits. Even the usual, like, the coin-collecting nonsense that games put in to stretch games out. You know GTA with its hidden, like, trophies and stuff? Mm. The pigeons no, oh, in Oh, my God, that's so boring. But in Batman, it makes those things fun as well. Because yeah. you have to solve riddles to find them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely genius. It's, you, never, you're, you will never do something in that game that you won't enjoy. I think the most, the, I think that as if I hadn't realised it already, was when I saw the, um, a demo of the uh, Joker, uh, Joker uh, mm. bits in, uh, for PS3 that um, <clears throat> might come out on Xbox as well. Uh, it, just, you know, it just wasn't something tacked on. They'd actually thought about it. They'd given him his own pair of like, crazy specs. That, his own that, gadgets. That his, his own, own gadgets, his own individual you know, animations and, 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 and attacks. I mean, this is I, such I, love. There's I so may have mentioned it back in the, uh, in the preview. I certainly mentioned it to the guys at Rocksteady, but I think they really are the UK's bungee right now. There's, there's a studio which is, you know, they banged out something good a few years ago. Took their time, came back with something great, and they could have they could easily have the prominence of a of a bungee, but for the UK, yeah, yeah, oh um, man, they are. I mean, they they've proven. I mean, their mastery of the engine as well is incredible. I wish they were doing a Castlevania game. That would yeah. be they'd be the, they'd be the studio I give cars. Obviously, because Metroid's in the in the in the hands of a couple. Well, of now I, that studio has got free pick of anything they want. Yeah. I mean, I, I really hope they stick with the Batman life. I really hope they do a sequel. Some more. I mean, they're working on it right now. I can't yeah. see it. Well, I can already, I mean, like I, I said... I can picture how, exactly. but I think, I think this conversation should be left a month or two until yeah, yeah. everybody has uh, finished it for themselves. Absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's, let's, let's dispense with Batman then. So, Another... okay, can we say just the yeah. real reason I was over at Abroad wasn't because I had sent me on holiday. <laughs> it was because we were taking a look at some games over in Seattle 
do a search on the internet, game developer of Seattle, you'll probably come up with quite a few. It doesn't take a massive leap to work out which ones we're going to see. I unfortunately can't tell anyone for at least another week what we saw, but it begins with H and ends with ODST. Um, but what I was most, I can't, I can't talk about it, but we'll talk about it after the 14th, we can talk about it, which is with the day our new issue will be on stands in uh, August 14th. It's funny though, um, CVG just wrote something where they'd gone hands on with ODST, so I think lots well, yeah, of journalists have. So you probably of, can... I know, I can talk about the firefight mode because obviously a lot of journalists have played that. Yeah. But what we've played is the campaign. And no one else in, in Britain has played that. There are some journalists far flung across the world who, who, can, who have who've also played it, but we're the only ones in Britain who've played it. And our feature is going to be brilliant because I wrote it. So we read, <laughs> read, read ours. And since you probably don't speak like Dutch, then you're not going to be reading anyone else's anyway. Well, since we're on a roll with, with effusive praise for games, let's, let's get on to another one of our favourites. Unless you want to... I want to tell a story about, uh, about the great state of Seattle. Go on then. I want to tell a story Go about Beef Deep. So we were in this, uh, this, this sandwich shop, feeling kind of hungry. I don't think I've heard this. No, I've been saving it for the podcast. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm prepared. I, I ordered a New York pastrami, a little bit of uh, sauerkraut, a little bit of cheese. Okay. Very nice. Delicious. And I hear this woman. It's quite a busy. It's dinner time. Oh, this woman calls out, beef deep. Beef deep. And she's calling out over and over again. She's holding a tray above her head going, beef deep. And I thought she was going, deep, deep. <laughs> Deep, like, deep. like some Milton from Office Space. Yeah, just or making something. just making noises. I thought, I was like, I was like, oh, that's a funny noise. That's a funny noise, but it wasn't. It wasn't a funny noise. She was saying a word, two words, and the word she was saying was beef dip. In her, in it, she had just had a strange accent. It's all she's saying beef dip. No racism. No, I'm not. If she was, um, I, I, she wasn't. She was well. She was a white chick. I mean, no. So just, just, a, just a strange accent. Well, thanks, Rob. There you go. Everyone thinks I'm racist now. <laughs> So anyway, she just had a strange accent, just a funny way of talking, just like a squeaky little voice. She's saying deep, deep. <laughs> and, uh, and I looked around to see what it was, and then he worked out it was beef dip when I saw the guys eating what it was. And it was by far the most disgusting food stuff I've ever seen. <laughs> it was a beef sandwich on white bread with a bowl of, like a horrible polystyrene punnet filled with beef soup into which you dip the sandwich and then shoveled uh, a moist load into your mouth. That's actually gorgeous. With disgusting, beefy gravy dribbling uh, down like your chin. Like a bovril dip. Yeah. It, it, it looked horrid. Why was she saying beef dip? Beef dip? Because <laughs> she just had a funny way of speaking, and she was like calling out, because uh, she right. didn't know who had ordered the beef dip. <laughs> so the way she was trying to find out who had ordered the beef dip was by going, beef dip. It, it, uh, it reminds me of a story. Really I, quietly as well. No one could hear her except me and I was standing right next to her. Did you not order a beef dip? Right? I didn't order a beef dip and I will never order a beef dip. It, it reminds me, I, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast already. I do apologise if so. But um, when we went to Tokyo last year, I was there with a, a guy called Alex Dale, who obviously used to be staff writer on Xbox World a few years back. Um, and we went out one evening to a little noodle bar. I think it's Yoshinoya, it's called. And... First of all, it took us 10 minutes to figure out how to order. Thankfully, a lot of the places in, in Tokyo have just pictures you can point to. Uh, but when we sat down, the guy said he, that he spoke English. And then like when he came back five minutes later and oh, we yeah. spoke English to him, he just looked at us completely blank. So we were so concerned about how to order our food and what we were going to get that we were just like pointing to this stuff. And it was such a relief when it came. So I got this tray. It was like um, noodles and like a, a pot of tea and, or something, and something else. And I thought, yes, I've got it. And I sat down and looked at it, and I suddenly realised I didn't know how to eat it. I got this, this bowl of liquid. Such a guy, and, 
was it was it tea or was it was it you uh, dipping your spring sauce? rolls in the tea so i i didn't know what it was and I, so I, I drank it i was like oh that's horrible that's not tea <laughs> so i put it all over my soup and i was like yeah this is all right but then like two minutes later a guy comes in farther down the, the bar and orders the same thing and he's <laughs> drinking it i'm like oh man stupid so westerner you might just pouring a, my drink <laughs> over my noodles kind of what did it taste of? I don't know. I, I don't want to ask. Onions. Either way, basically, you did the equivalent of going into, like, some Japanese guy comes over to the UK, orders, like, fish and chips and a mug of tea, gets the mug of tea and just pours, yeah. pours over his chips. Exactly. That is totally what I did. Uh, oh, I'm, good one, Palo. I mean, to be fair, I imagine that happens quite a lot. So don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Japan really is like another planet, as I understand. I mean, never never been, so it's never come no, up. But it's like, very, very much like another never planet. Never like, I've read, like, different like travel guides which give culture shock ratings to different places obviously there are places in Africa the culture shock rating is like 10 mm-hmm. the full 10 mm-hmm. where you go there is so alien so different yeah. but then there are places like Japan and even that hits like a big 8 or 9 on the culture shock meter because it's just so so very different it, it truly is it's quite a quite an eye opener in many places you go into game stores and suddenly they turn into the most hardcore porn stores like two aisles down and <laughs> you feel good, like really out of place and it's you know it, it's all a lot of hentai stuff as well which I find very strange I got, very... I got mixed up in a bit of gaming and porn recently because I've been playing Fahrenheit uh, in preparation for Heavy Rain oh. uh, next year and, uh, that's and a I... good segue there Rob yeah, yeah that's neat yeah, well that's right. I, it's just it's just the, the first one I encountered was early in the game where you, you get to stay the, it's the oh I can't remember his name the, the, the black cop guy he gets to stay in bed he's, he's late for work anyway but you can have a bit of me time a bit of me time with the missus and it goes, it plays like Barry a bit, White or something a in bit the background, when you, but, but you can't see anything, so, you can, so it's just, you know, a bit of music, and I'm going, oh, that's pretty tame, because I've heard a bit about Fahrenheit or whatever. And then towards the end of the game, two characters, don't want to spoil it, just in case you've never played it, two characters bonk, and it's part of the plot. And one of them's dead. Yeah, and one of them's dead, yeah, we, yeah, we talked about that, it's a bit yeah. gross, isn't it? Because she kisses him and goes, she goes, your lips are so cold, and there's like no breath coming out of them. Yeah. And then she's shagging him like two minutes later. Yeah. So, you know. With a, with a bunch of bums sitting nearby. Yeah. Yeah, just a bunch <laughs> yeah. of bums just chilling Cla- out. That's right there, now. it's classy. But he's dead. Is and he manages like, to knock her up. Is this like. Even though he's dead. Clerks or something? No, he's straight dead. He's just a, he's a walking dead dude. Do you always get to mention clerks. Yeah. Well, I, always clerks? To, I always feel the need to put in the you right clerks. in it. I was told last podcast or a podcast before that it's. Yeah. Like, anyway. So, but I still feel like I'd sort of missed out on something. So I went back for a walkthrough and saw where I could have had another bit of, uh, you know, action. Anyway, it was one of those little rhythm, rhythm games where you had to press up in time to the kind of like, you know, the, the prompts on screen to, to, to thrust up into her. Brilliant. Absolutely hilarious. So I called the family round to have a laugh. It was quite funny. It's like, oi, 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 look at this. So, um, yeah, anyway. But Heavy Rain's got two, two sex scenes, apparently, so... Um, See what they can Something do with the, the next gen technology. Yeah, 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 really yeah. good. Yeah, great graphics. Just I hope Heavy Rain's got as good an intro or, or truly. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's got as good as introduction. As the Fahrenheit intro did. to Fahrenheit was brilliant. It was all downhill from there. It really was all downhill. That intro was incredible. There were so many ways you could do that bathroom scene at the beginning. And so many no, not just that. The tutorial before that. I, I mean, it was a tutorial before that. The yeah, it was the where David Cage. Hey guys, I'm David Cage. I'm going to talk up a little bit about my game. And something like that. Oh, is he sitting on the chair or something? No, no, he's wearing a it's really nice Angora he... sweater and a sort oh, okay. of pair of, yeah, no, a pair of like uh, khakis. I remember that part. Jeez. It's super. And he's got, no, you don't remember that crash test dummy with Lucas Kane's face on it? it sort of like, he no. called him Bob for some reason, didn't he? Uh, no. This is my mate Bob. And then he did like two cop cars flying and you've got to get out of the way. I was trying to play that on PC first. Oh, that of all. does ring a bell. And I didn't realise you had to press both prompts at the same time. 
Um, and you do one after, after, one after another. Uh, it wouldn't work. Basically, it worked, turned out it didn't work with the mouse. So I, I died like a hundred times in a row. <laughs> it broke my laptop. So I was getting so angry. She's like, and David Cage was in the back going, uh, uh, unlucky, try again. Unlucky, try again. Like, oh, well, I wouldn't say that. But uh, like, damn you, Cage. You're a stinking game. But I ended up playing it via Xbox Classics on Xbox Live and it was a nice happy ending. So it's a good game, good game. I don't disagree with Mike. And, and actually, lots of people thought the game, you know, really went downhill last, last sort of third of it. Apart from the AI, apart from the internet we've turning did, up yeah, as the we've, enemy. We've, we discussed this on the podcast before. It's like, okay, I was on board when it was like a cult. And I was on board when it turned out to be like this ancient Mayan thing. It's all about, and, and then I was, on, I was on board right up to the point where he drops dead and starts fighting like he's in the Matrix against the living embodiment of the internet, and it's the end of the world, and I'm in Area 51. <laughs> what happened? Although, I started off cleaning a bathroom. All those things did happen. I, I liked it. But, I mean, for Heavy Rain, obviously, they're, they're just abandoning all the supernatural stuff, so it's just going to be um, yeah. old-fashioned. The, best, the best parts of um, Fahrenheit were the detective <clears throat> stuff, you know, yeah. where you're just like... Or trying, you know, the when, time limit bits were good. Oh, There's that yeah, one bit yeah, when yeah. I you got to clean, myself clean up your clean apartment. Up the apartment. Stuff, yeah. yeah, that was that was very good. Remove all the evidence. Anyway, enough talking about a game that's like 19 years old. Um, but you said like you got your friends into, you got your family into, <coughs> watch you bang a, you know, with your, with your, yeah, your yeah, dead wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang, you know, when the bums watching, you got your brought your family to watch it. Well, there's another <laughs> game we had in this this week, which has been kind of the game we've been trying to drag everybody over to see. Come and look at this, guys. Come and see this. It's amazing. Sturmovic. IL2 Sturmovic. IL2 Sturmovic. Or uh, as I like to call it, EL2 Sturmovic. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's subject to a lot of bad pronunciation, that game. <laughs> and even worse spelling. Yeah, even worse spelling. But um, yeah, okay, so we've been pimping this on the Twitter quite a bit, as people may have seen, just because it's so very good. And it's the kind of game which, let's face it, on paper, it, it don't sound like a game you're going to want to play. But it's amazing just the skills you have as a gamer. It really is. You set this game to realistic, and you really do need to set it to realistic because there's a demo up on uh, Xbox Live Arcade right now, mm-hmm. and you can try it out. The first, you, once you complete a mission, you unlock difficulty settings. Now you're going to want to set it straight to realistic after you do that, and try and keep the plane in the air. And you will struggle. You'll crank the stick all the way over. You go into a stall. You'll plunge towards the ground. You'll probably explode. But here's the thing: once you start playing it a little bit more, you start getting a real feel for it, and this game does for Spitfires what Forza does for Ferraris, you know. You can't just get into the fastest car in that game and drive it at full speed with all the assists off all mm. around the track. You've got to get a feel for it. You've got to start feeling, you know, oh, it does this when it slides into a turn. Oh, yeah, this, this car is a little bit loose on the, you know, at the rear end and always wants to, like, slide out. And this car is a little bit too heavy, you know. It wants to, you've got, got to turn a little bit, got to hit the brakes a bit earlier. The brakes on this one are crap. And you sort of start working out the, the nuances. And unrealistic, every single plane in Sturmovic handles differently. So you start developing your favourites, start getting a feel for which ones you like. And then you'll get a feel for what it'll do under stress and under pressure. And you'll get a feel for what you have to do in order to pull it out of a stall when you're bombing towards the ground. And you'll flick this switch in your brain, which says, oh yeah, this is a video game, I have to kill 30 planes this mission. And you'll start thinking in terms of, okay, I've got to kill four planes this mission. But each one is like this you know, hard-nosed, you know, steel-jeweled, gritted teeth kind of dogfight to the, to the death. And your plane's hanging apart and they've punched holes in your wings. And because you've got it unrealistic, the damage actually affects the handling of the plane. And it affects them as well. So maybe you fill his wing full of holes but don't quite catch the engine and it doesn't blow him up. Well, that's okay because he's struggling to pilot his plane now too and he can't maneuver the way he did. And maybe you'll force him into a turn by coming right up on his rear and he'll force into a turn and... 
Oh, don't start smiling. <laughs> it wasn't me. I didn't, was wrong. I didn't smile. I just looked at you. I didn't you, smile. You guys, smile. man, it's like working with it's like working with frigging Bill and Ben. You see, you turn into a like, and you force him into a turn because you're coming on his rear, and he um and he'll he'll coming lose it. Into his rear. He'll lose control and he'll he'll start falling. And maybe he'll pull out of it, or maybe you'll chase him down and do some more damage to him and finally drive him into the ground. Like real loads of tactics open up, and because of that, it's become this game. That you do something, and you're like, oh, look at this, look at this, and you you want you'll be you'll be telling you'll be basically this game makes you really boring at parties because <laughs> every fight you have is a fight you remember. That's the that's what makes this game so good. Well, unrealistic. Every fight is a fight that you will walk away saying, my god, that was a great fight. Just you just uh, uh, try that again. You just wish they'd put a replay mode in it. And so that's the thing because this is like Russian-made game by this really tiny team. They've omitted features that are like a big studio like Ubisoft would just consider standard. Mm-hmm. So Ubisoft would have had a photo mode. They would have had a replay mode. They would have had co-op. They would have had all of these things. Like one person would have been able to be the gunner, another person would have been able to be the pilot. You know? They would have thought of all of that stuff. But this is a much smaller studio, and they just wanted to get the game right still first time like out. It looks like a totally different proposition from the PC version, though, because I, it I looks said to Will to download the so demo much on the PC, beautiful. and he's like, what is this? It looked like, it looked like arse. Yeah, but the thing with Sturmovic on the PC is it's always been the best combat simulation. Oh, yeah, it got crazy Sturm- marks. Sturmovic is absolutely the best combat simulation you'll play anywhere, and I've played it a bit, but it was always, there was always that barrier between what it looks like and what it feels like, you know? And now they've melded the two. They make no mistake, and I've seen people on PC gamers on the internet already griping out, oh, this console game is dumbed down. Well, PC well, gamer all over drooling watching you play. And as I was playing it, Tim Edwards from PC Gamer came over and he was looking at it, he was like, oh my god, they've nailed it, they've nailed it. And he plays Sturmovic at home with a track IR system, so it tracks his head. This guy is not as serious about it, you know. He hasn't built himself a cockpit or anything, but he is serious about the game. And he's, he's got the little fan there, and he wears a scarf. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's got Biggles every night. Yeah, he yeah. wears his flight jacket. He's got the lot. Um, and uh, he sits there, and he was looking over my shoulder and said, "Oh my god, they've nailed it! They've absolutely nailed it!" And on simulation, the game is the PC game, yeah. and you can't play it without a flight stick. I've tried. You you need a flight stick to play it on the simulator full sim mode. Foolishly, I, uh, I I stuck it on sim just to see what would happen. I can't remember if it was first time, maybe the second time. Um, and Pella actually I was died in a mission in a game. Yeah, well, I was in a mission and it was like take down some bombers and Mike set me up like full sim uh, limited fuel limited ammo yeah. and I managed after like recovering from a stall I managed to uh, get behind a bomber unloaded all of my bullets into the back yeah. got a couple of hits but it wasn't enough it just like nope. glanced off the wing yep. and I was out of bullets see so what, you, what you wanted to do <laughs> that was, was shoot the pilot or shoot the engine but it's so hard shoot to the fuel stay tank. in the air in sim let exactly. alone it's, get a position what some of it really like rams home for you know want of a more disgusting euphemism is um is just how unstable these things are mm. when you're flying it isn't like a solid platform in the sky these things are massively unstable and they want to fall out of the sky at any yeah. given moment it wants to fall out of the sky and you really start to get a feel in the same way that like you know certain cars in like sim racers just want to slide you know they just want to go they constantly want to lose it and in this game, you really get that feel. It really is a sim, you know, well, it is a true sim yeah. ported to console with no um, no missions. They've just ported it. There are certain things they've taken out which because, like, there's just not enough keys. So, you know, you can't uh, switch the way your ammunition works on the fly. <clears throat> like, back in the day, like, if you were flying a plane, you could change between... If you had six guns on your plane, you could fire two at once or all six at once, yeah. you know? They've taken that switch out because apparently back then, guys wouldn't change it on the fly. They would just have all, gu- all of their guns firing. They would fire in measured bursts. 
So you remove that option. Well, you know what? There ain't enough buttons on the pad, and they had to make sure it fit on a pad. Even though sim mode, you can't play on a pad. You need a flight stick. Realistic mode is just the right setting. I mean, on realistic, you get that full damage model. You get almost the full handling, but you don't have to worry about trim and that kind of thing. It's... um. It's a ridiculously brilliant game. I, think I mean, it always was on PC, and this is the PC game wrapped up in a whole new engine. The full damage model is, I think, key to, to realistic. Um, in the demo, you have to play it on arcade first of all. And I was, I was a little bit bored, I must admit, of just firing towards a plane and knocking half a wing off every time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well... It's the same effect know, every time. I can yeah. do that in Hawks or something, no problem. Fire and forget. But in realistic, every time you take down a plane... Man, that's a that's a burnout takedown moment. Yeah, times ten. Yeah, it's you, such you, an achievement. You're firing, and you see yourself. You're literally putting bullets into the wing, and then you'll fly under it, and maybe to overtake it, and you'll look up, and you can see straight through the wing. Exactly. Or maybe you'll hit the fuel tank, and suddenly your screen will, will be splattered by oil. Yeah, and they'll run out of fuel. Well, and if you hit crash. the engine, and you hit the engine, they start gushing smoke, and they start slowing down. And like, there's there's basically four key areas. You shoot the engine. They're going down. They destroy the engine. They're going down. It's like to the point that bombers, like most planes, can get by with one engine still working. But a bomber, because back in the Second World War, apparently the power to weight ratio of um of bombers in the Second World War was all messed up. So if you take out one engine, that that they consider that mission accomplished because the bomber won't go down, but it will turn around and go home because it hasn't got enough power to get home if it stays if it sticks around. Mm. What they would normally do, drop their load there and then, turn around and fly back. Um, so you want to shoot the pilot. They're smiling again. <laughs> yes, they're doing it again. Listeners, stop them. For God's sake, just write in and say you think it's juvenile. Um, Sorry, it's just me making that laugh. So if you unload your hot lead into the pilot, Rob, then he'll, he'll, like, the plane will obviously drop out of the sky. Yeah. The plane could be like totally fine. Yeah. One bullet goes in that pilot's head He's, straight it's, down. Yeah, it's, it's out. If you shoot the fuel tank, chances are the whole thing will blow up. So that's instant as well. Engine, the engine will take a lot of bullets, but eventually you'll, you can reduce the speed by hitting the engine, and eventually, once the engine take is gone, it'll go towards the ground. Or you can strip off a wing by putting enough bullets into the wing. That's a bit harder because it's a lot thicker. You can even take off the tail by putting a lot of bullets into the fuselage, but obviously fuselage, fuselage is really thick, really yeah. big. That's going to take a long time. There's loads of different ways to take planes down. Some of them are better than others. You can't just keep on pumping bullets towards no. like the thing. Think of it like an FPS. You know, If you shoot the guy ten times in the body... He's going to be fine because he's wearing body armor, but you even put one shot in the head and it's game over. Rob? Do you think that um, you've, the game's fighting a losing battle? To I mean, do you think 360 games are going to be interested in playing on Realistic? I mean, because I, 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 just like you, I got so bored on Arcade. But, I mean, does the game, does the game tell you to do Realistic once you got used to Arcade or does it, does it steer you towards it? It never really prompts it? you towards it, no. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, again, that's like a, something that... Uh, a bigger, big money developer would have would have done, you know, to direct you towards this mode. <clears throat> but we'll be doing our best to direct everybody towards yeah, it. That's absolutely. where the satisfaction is. Like, there's instant satisfaction for the arcade mode because you just feel like a god. You fly and just did, 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 an entire row of planes yeah. goes down. But on realistic, you'll spend three, four, five minutes chasing one plane down, and you'll kill him. And it's like you've just, you know, it's like you've just completed well, that, all the best that games. That simulation ever. game um, level where I, I, you know, unloaded all my weapons, didn't shoot anyone down. I still survived the mission. I still completed it. It said level complete at the end. And it was just staying alive was Again, the biggest achievement. That, that's the thing. You, you, you got to stop thinking about it as like, oh, it's a video game. I've got to kill 100 planes. And start thinking of it like a pilot in the Second World yeah. War. Oh, yeah, I made it home. I'm like, that was good. I yeah. didn't kill anyone. I made it home. And I, I managed to shoot up this other plane enough that my wingman was able to take him out. 
like you said, I mean, there were battles where there were maybe like 100 planes in the end, 40 were shot down. Well, you know, not everybody shot someone down. They yeah. just went up, fired a load of bullets, didn't do anything, and then went back home. But and, because they made it home, they there as many bullets as they could on the enemy. Like, maybe it took two planes to take yeah. them one plane. Well, that happens in Sturmberg. You know, maybe, maybe it took three planes to take them one plane. Well, maybe that does happen too. And then the rest, seeing their losses, buggered off and went home. And Mike, there's a really comprehensive encyclopedia mode in it, which helps you play the game. Yeah, you... that's the crazy thing. There's actually, like, <laughs> the, one of the rewards, yeah, like, and in terms of unlockable rewards, to show you how spotty this game is and how much how boring it'll make you at parties, is that the, the, one of the unlockables is encyclopedia entries which tell you about how pl the planes worked. And you, you can actually apply real plane handling and stuff to these things. So You came back like a kid at Chris, crit, uh, Christmas the next day. This massive cheesy grin saying, I'm going to show you how I'm going to get out of this store. And he did it. I was like, yeah. you know how I did that? I read the encyclopedia. <laughs> exactly. I read the encyclopedia. <laughs> I learned that the way the game tells you to pull out of a store in the game isn't the way you pull out of a store. It tells you to like crank both sticks apart, both sticks together. Yep. That's not what you want. When you're in a full spin, a flat spin, you want to point your nose towards the ground because you, you need speed to escape yep. a store. And then you use your rudder to counter the spin. It tells you in, in the, um, on the screen to use the, um, the flaps on the wings yep. as well. No, because that will just make it worse. You just want to use the rudder, get it under control, and keep it pointed at the ground, and then gently ease back mm -hmm. on the stick, pull out of it, you'll get out of it. Maybe the last second, and my God, when you do that. You've had a couple um, where you've just done like a loop the loop by the White Cliffs of Dover and skimmed it by inches. It yeah. must have been. It was well, crazy. Well, last night I was playing, and I, was, I, played with one, I played with one attempt, one plane, realistic, and did the very first mission in the game. Took out... There was a, a string of bombers who ripped me to pieces with their guns. There's a way to take out bombers. You want to come in straight from above or straight from below, tear them apart, and avoid their, their guns. You want to come in in their blind spot because they've got these massive rear-mounted guns which will rip you to pieces if you come up behind them. But one of them, I just had to come up behind him, took him out, but got towards pieces in process. Maybe managed to take out a load of the fighters down by the docks when that happened, and I was limping along at this point. Mm -hmm. And then I just, it says, you know, do you want to land? And I was like, yeah, I'll take the option to land because it's your secondary objective. And I flew all the way to the airfield, all the way losing altitude because at the moment I, the, my engine was ripped to pieces so I didn't have the power. My wings were ripped to pieces so I didn't have the aer aerodynamics. And I was coming towards the landing field. I knew I had to drop my undercarriage at the last second, my landing gear at the last second because if, cause it created so much drag, it would have just pulled me out of the air. Yeah. I was coming down, coming down, just skimming the trees next to the landing field, coming towards it. Hit the, but tried to hit the thing, and I realised I haven't got enough time to drop my landing gear. I just don't have enough time now. I'm too low. I ended up belly flopping in the field next to the landing <laughs> field. But what a great end to a mission. What a great story. I think what a great story yeah. you get from that mission, that failure. It's like you, you managed to limp all that way, and next time maybe I'll make it. Christ, imagine doing that in the actual war. It it does give you a taste of just how shit pant shittingly scary yeah. it would have been. I mean, not to trivialise it, because obviously it would like I would have cried like a frigging baby up in the skies up there. But I, I say, I've still written my review already, and I said in my review, reality or pseudo reality, freed from the danger of agonising and Im an immediate death, is incredibly fun. Yeah. And I urge everyone to play this game unrealistic, because. You Simu cockpit, simulations too. No, I never yeah. play in cockpit. Right. It's too much. And a funny thing, I was over in, over in um, Redmond talking to, um, not uh, again. This won't be to break any NDAs. But I was chatting to one of the guys on a big car racing series, which is also coming to um, uh, Xbox later this year. And one of the lead devs on it said, "You know what? We've got cockpits in this game now." And I said, "You know, that's a lot of work modeling those cockpits." He was like, "Yeah." I was like, "So." 
you know, you just like, is that, is that a mode that you use around the office? He was like, oh, no. He's like, nobody uses it. Nobody will use it. As he said, he said, all the people at home, they're never going to use it. And I, said, I might use it. I like Gotham in well, cockpits. Well, I said to him, why would, why would you do that? He said, because everyone tries it. Everyone tries it. He said, they try it for half an hour, and they're like, yeah, it's too hard. Or, yeah, I, it's good, but I can only see like a little bit of the track. Or, yeah, it's good, but I don't like playing in the top right-hand corner mm. of the screen. It's a very honest thing to say. But everyone tries it. And he said, he said we want to make we want to give people the experience of riding in these cars. Yeah. And part of that is going to be sitting in the car and looking around inside. And yeah, so we've we've made this we've made this thing which people aren't going to use, but that one time they try it, they'll thank us for it. And that'd be Sternvik's uh, simulation mode, which you'll try it once, you'll never go back. But I think it will give you. Uh, let's just say afterwards, you'll have a lot more respect for the people who did. There will be a very two. select group of gamers who will play on that level. And all credit to them. But I think realistic is the right level. I think arcade, if you're into ace combat, you can get into arcade, you can have instant laughs, instant gratification. But I think you'll want to step up to realistic. And when you do, you'll realize why it's worth doing. We've talked a lot about Sternovic. Do you want to move on? Another, another game that we've been tweaking with the settings that we haven't done in the past is uh, mm. coming in. We've been all excited about is FIFA 10, which we finally got proper extended hands on with nice early code so it's got bugs it's got things to be fixed yeah it's about 75 percent complete it says on the and what on, did you boys do straight away you whacked the speed down they found it was too no, quick. no no, 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 no i no, didn't no. i absolutely no. think the, the new speed of the game is the right speed right um the way you described it because fifa always had speed settings right yeah, well yeah recently I mean, yeah, anyway. since i can remember and yeah. fast in fifa 9 is normal mm. in fifa 10 right yes Exactly. Yeah. I've been because I was I was saying to you guys that I was talking to the producer back in OA and saying that I preferred it on fast. <laughs> I said I think fast should be default, but then I don't. You wouldn't have a fast mode then because it would be like Benny Hill, Benny be Hill Pez, quick. Sure. And we haven't actually tried the <laughs> yeah. new fast mode, have we? No, we haven't. We have tried the new normal, normal. and the new slow, and normal <laughs> and slow, and, no, and the old the new slow is the old normal. Yeah. And the new normal is the old fast. But, but we also delved into, and it's something we haven't really ever done, and, and I think Mike wasn't even aware of it, was that, uh, that how many assists there are. Just, yeah. like, just like Forza or Sturmovich or whatever, there's, there are loads of assists for like crossing, passing, mm -hmm. you know. And have you ever played without the assists, Matt? Um, you're going to laugh at me for this, but in FIFA 09, there's an achievement for playing a game without assists. See. And I played it once, and I was like, "Yeah, I need some assists." Yeah, especially with the crossing, because I just can never, stuff as can well. never well, crossing, especially just can never get in a decent cross. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with FIFA 10. An awful 10. lot, yeah. Yeah, um, we've been, it's been it's become the new office game. Everyone plays it at lunchtime. Everyone plays it after work. Um, God, it's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to pass judgment when there are clearly things that are going to change. Yeah, like well, let's tell everyone about are... the brilliant bug, the best bug. In the game, because we, we've, we've told people about stories about Pez bugs in the past, in, in the early code, and we've had some great stories of it. So I was playing as Manchester United, and Matt was playing Ooh, as Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I, I, who do I play as these days? Uh, you Barca. play as Barcelona. I play now. Barcelona these days. I know nothing about football listeners. Um, but I was um, playing Man U in this occasion. And of course, Ronaldo is still in this build, uh, playing for Man U. And we, met, we set up a wall. Matt blasted at the wall. Jumped, I jumped, knocked him back. And the game continued. But Ronaldo was still standing in the wall. And then there's another Ronaldo at the other end of the pitch. <laughs> so, so I had I, all of us for a while, I had 12 men on the pitch. And until I kicked it into touch, it was like yeah. I had 12 men on the pitch. That's a strong bug. You should keep it in the final game. Well, do you remember? The thing the... is, you kicked the ball again and, and he saved it. I know. You remember the Euro <laughs> game, the final code, the retail code of the, the Euro game a year and a half. When was oh, yeah, the Euro? Yeah, UEFA. 98. Yeah, um, occasionally. 98. 
<laughs> I didn't say that. Yet. Occasionally, players would completely disappear. You'd have invisible players, yeah. invisible Stealth people player. running around with the ball. Crazy. The old predator on the pitch. Obviously, that wouldn't be in the final. OBA's build. new yeah. advanced trick mode. Yeah. <laughs> Jedi. What? What amazes me about now FIFA is great, and I, we've been playing it. We've been absolutely loving it. But the what? shots have really been improved. Mm, yeah, you can bang them in from a long way out now. Yeah, if you, if, it's, if it's a player who in real life can bang it out from just outside the box, yeah, and they can, can they do can it. do it in this game. We uh, we noticed that Torres has been uh, Torres has been really downgraded. Down, down, yeah. Strangely, yeah. the suspicious. year that he he becomes Pez's man of choice. Very suspicious because yeah. the guy on the box is always better than he is in real life in football games, right? Yeah. Uh, and the guy on the competitor's box isn't usually gimped, but in this case, Torres seems really weak. Well, I mean, is is Messi the main one for Pez? Maybe it's not. I've, um, but Torres is. I know that Torres was on the cover of PSM three. Uh, yeah, Torres, this Torres and someone else in there. I can't remember who it is. Was Owen made crap a couple? Of, well, not that you'd notice, but was Owen made crap a couple of years ago when he was the, kind of the face of Pez? I can't remember. Possibly. No, I, to, to be honest, actually. With Torres, I think the thing was, in a way, in he, so he is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he's he's like a, he's like the best player in the game. He's just an absolute monster. Um, I, and I think what they've done is they've more moved him down. So sort of Gerard and Torres have sort of more mm. sort of similar statted and, and stuff like that. So whereas Gerard was underpowered, Matt and I are Liverpool fans. We play as Liverpool. I've played as Liverpool in like ninety nine percent of the games I've mm. played, and I must have played. Must be getting on for like a thousand games of FIFA and I know, so we know these players inside out, so we know when the slightest. I like playing with uh, Barcelona because it's like playing with the, the frigging team from Shaolin Soccer. Yeah, the evil team from Shaolin Soccer. It's just like a bunch of ten foot tall, roided up Ubermensch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. just run around the pitch at a thousand miles an hour and kick the ball at like a bullet. Yeah, it's like yeah, when you're playing as Liverpool, like you, you, you learn to kind of like well, unless you say swap Babel out for Riera, you tend to play it at the cow and you tend to get I tend to get most of my goals from like crosses yeah. or or anyway working down. No, the you right. get Ben Ayunov for either Babel or Riera. Well, there you go. Yeah. But but with Barcelona, you just when you break, you know you've got like four yeah four yeah, supermen four, charging four, four forward. Four like, Who should I like pass to now? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it was yeah. I mean, I think the fact that this is a bit bit quicker, a bit more arcadey, shots outside shots yeah. outside the area. But uh, well, I mean, when you say a bit more arcadey, only a little bit. Don't worry, readers. It's still very true to the readers, listeners. Yeah, I think I we always. Say. Uh, I mean, it's very I'm, true to football. I'm always a little bit disappointed when it comes in and, like, and it looks almost exactly the same and it plays very similar. And you're like, how much is this actually improved? Mm. And I think a lot of them, even with the 360 degree dribbling hype, that we haven't quite. Fathomed yet? I think more of the improvements. It's, uh, it's a year when they're definitely like consolidating. Yeah, consolidation year. Um, ossification, <laughs> yeah. as Stalin would have called it. Yeah. Um, they've they've sort of uh, plumped at the manager mode and stuff to make it a bit more like the master league, and then I think be a pro's been beefed up a bit. They've, they've, they, the coolest thing I found was that the arena now you can choose which stadium you're in you want to be, and you can choose your player. But so, you could choose your player yeah, on, last on the year. menu, yeah. Could you? Yeah. Oh, you're joking. No, you totally. I always used to stick it to Torres. Don't I believe it. I've never, ever encountered that. The thing is, like, the, the menu... There's the, so the many options. Yeah, the menus in all EA it's Sports crazy. games are so deep. Mm. There's so many options. So mm. you tell them, you'll never even know. You know, you'll never even hear about it. There's a downloadable squads list as well, which is great button. So you can just click. So when Jabby Alonso, the traitorous son of a bitch, moves to Real Madrid, you can upgrade, update Liverpool's squad. Do you guys think, as I do, though, that the time has come with football games to start stepping into the next gen in a slightly different way? Like, we have all of these games that play with basically pre-analog stick controls. Like, why do I have a run button? I have a stick which has 255 mm. degrees of sensitivity. Mm. Why do I need a run button? Why do I need a, 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 a gentle touch button on the left I'll button? I'll tell you why, because I think football games are the most mass market games of all, and they're just scared. That I think they are, because have you ever seen, like... um. 
are people, someone who doesn't play games playing They'll with an analog stick. About. You constantly hear that click yeah. from where they click the stick all the way over to the left and the right and the up and the down because they don't use the full sensitivity of the stick. They just use it like an old-fashioned joystick. Mm. Now, what I would love is like a new control scheme in, in FIFA which omits the run button, the run triggers, yeah. and the left bumper, which is the close control button, and just says, okay, Mike, you're holding the button over to like 10%, stick over to 10%. Well, you're in close control right now. Oh, you're halfway. That means you're walking it along. Oh, you're all the way over. That means you're in a full sprint. Well, it's funny you say that because, I mean, in Be A Pro, it very much educates you. It kind of almost assumes you don't know how to play football. Yeah. And I, I kind of realise that maybe I don't. I'm a bit more gung-ho. You know, just the way that you play maybe regard, as opposed to real life. In the football game, you're always like, I want glory, I want glory. And it, what, what Be A Pro taught you was was discipline yeah. or not when, when we used to play in... Uh, but all you do is call for it and go... <laughs> when, I was, yeah, when I was Rio Ferdinand, the goal-scoring centre-half. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but no, I, think, I think you've got a great idea. And I also think that they probably could do this. You know, all they have to do is introduce it as another... New, as new another, alternate. Yeah. New, new yeah. alternate. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's a good shout, Mike. It's just I find I'm going towards the goal and I'm holding down two triggers. You know, I'm holding down the run button. I'm also mm. holding down the finesse button. And then I'm releasing the run button and getting it into tight control. And then so I'm, all my fingers are all over the place. I just want it all on the left stick. Yeah. All, of, all of this is possible, all on one stick. I tell you what, I hope they fix the finesse thing because it seems redundant. In the, I thought it was the finesse most, shooting, you mean? Yeah, I thought it was one of the most brilliant additions to the game because I'm, I'm much more of a kind of like I know Matt never uses it, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's a power, Matt's a power guy. Yeah, um, whereas I'm a, yeah I'm more of a placement, and um, but I'm just hoping that just like the headers, which you can't keep down at the moment, it's just it's yeah. Just at the moment, the headers um, are are brutal. Like they just don't go in, and chips. <sighs> Always go in. Pellet. Well, if, if you get it at the right spot, any other place, they won't go in. But if you just get that sweetest yeah, it's, spot. It's the, old, um, it's the old sensible soccer thing. You get yeah. the right player in the right place and just chip it. goes in every Yesterday, time. Mike and I were having a game and I was ordering from the McDonald's pound saver menu a big bag of chips. Yeah. Just a great big bag of chip chips. after chip. With yeah. extra cheese on top. <laughs> I, think, I think, and even though, like, yeah, there was loads to, to do still on the AI. That, and Matt was... Sort of slightly disagree with me on this. I feel when he I'm going forward, suicidal there, as well. Sorry, I, I feel that there's a lot more options going forward, and and they're a lot easier to, you know, there's so many offsides in FIFA 09, like offside, 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 and you look, and then you get the replay, and he's like a freaking millimetre offside. Yeah. You're like, come on, you and want, then Andy Gray in the background going, oh, you know, he was definitely offside. Called that Good call. He never ever <laughs> ever doubts that the ball's offside, not offside. Yeah. yeah, there needs to be like a simulated. But the thing is, if, if there were simulated mistakes, and maybe there are. If there were like frequently simulated mistakes, you'd get so pissed off. That's true. By one of those. That's true. That's another thing I should probably mention. But I, I don't actually. Maybe mean you that. could set two different referees. Maybe you set one referee which is like one hundred percent right all the time. Oh, Cause the amount of times that the balls bounced off the ref, and I, I just take that as like, well, that's part of yeah, this world yeah, yeah. of FIFA. You know, it, that sometimes happens in real life. Just, just going back to that though, what I actually meant was that the players just time they run that little bit better I mean it's obviously if you see the donkey straight offside and you press the ball best mm. to pass that's your fault but I felt sometimes that the AI yeah. ruined it for well, you but that's in the build we're playing like the AI isn't complete no. the shooting isn't complete basically it was a big long list of things which weren't complete and it can be summarised by saying the game yeah the game everything in the game isn't complete but, but still, we've still played enough and seen enough to suggest that it's going to be well the best, game, the best footy game ever I guess but I think no doubt that it's going to beat Pez this year. I think they're finally going to put Pez to bed. So it's busy, busy, busy games. Why isn't it? Because we're rolling into September is why. September is when it Absolutely. all starts. It all kicks off again. Well, it, well, it End was. of August is Batman. Yeah. Um, so well, it was, and then everything started getting delayed. Yeah. Okay. So splitting ourselves off the table now. Yeah, back to 2010. Back to 2010. 2010. Not a surprise, I've got to say. Splinter Cell is the least surprising a lot. They aren't doing what they did last time, which is reinventing the game from scratch. Mm. They really are just delaying it. But that's... 
it's a usual Ubisoft thing. You know, they want a Clancy game from March. They like dumping about Clancy it online game. again, but you know, I just it'll be ready when it's ready. You know? But we all, I mean, everyone knows they're working on Grawl Three as well. That's already been mentioned in like conference calls and so on. Mm. And I think that was originally planned for March two thousand ten. I think that will now be August shifted until so. August September. Yeah. yeah, that'll be their their winter time game probably. Everything will move forward. I am alive. I think we'll be lucky to see that before 2011. I had an interesting conversation with um, a member of the uh, Edge team yesterday where he was sort of, he'd just been to develop. And he said that, you know, that wanted to put a down on things. He said that the development community is really a bit, a bit downcast at the moment because of the, you know, the, the economic problems we're having. And um, he was sort of saying that lots of these, you know, I think lots of people have been joking, well, maybe half serious, that lots of the reasons that games are being delayed is because no one wants to go up against like Modern Warfare or anything like that, Modern yeah. Warfare 2. But apparently it's just because lots of investors have been sort of pulling out or mm. really scaling back funds from projects and development teams have just, you know, been, downs- been forcibly having to downsize. Yeah. And in order to get the project, you know, out at a required level of, 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 of quality control, they're just having to put these things back. So, guys, don't blame the developers. It's just blame blame the, just the present situation. You know? yeah. It's just uh, it's the same same for the games industry as it is for everyone else. Everyone's struggling. So, uh, you know, they'll be ready when they're ready. Um, yeah, well, we're not being apologists for the industry. In fact, we we'll gonna, come on to that. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a second. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Bioshock's delayed. I mean, Bioshock is delayed. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, imagine a, a small sliver of it. It really is not wanting to go up against. Games like ODST and, and Call of Duty. The trouble is they're all going up against each well, other. Certainly Bayonetta, we, know Bay- <laughs> we know for a fact Bayonetta is. Bayonetta is coming out in Japan at the end of October. Yeah. And that's a game which has been shifted back to January over here. I think that's a smart move. Devil May Cry sold brilliantly when it was released in like February. Mm. Like, and uh, Lost Planet sold brilliantly when it was released in January. Yeah. That's the perfect time to release the those games. The only difference is that that was before everyone else started doing moving stuff backwards, and last year was a well, bit different to this. What the I was next thinking year, is like they didn't they, they announced this before a lot of the other delays were announced. Mm. They were looking at releasing Bayonetta as the meat in an ODST Splinter Cell Assassin's Creed mm. COD four, COD six sandwich. Mm. Like they, they, that was Bayonetta was going to be the meat between yeah. these two giant chunks of bread, and it need, like there was no way every but it's, it's in danger of um getting lost and i'm going to come up with a strong analogy right now come on Mike. it was over in seattle and i went to the top of the space needle the space needle defines seattle's skyline right and it's the one thing in seattle you really want to see but the one place in seattle where you can't see the space needle is when you're standing right on top of it so it's actually the worst $16 plus tax you'll ever spend because the one thing which defines Seattle can't be seen from the place you know the most famous viewing point in Seattle and so that's like Bayonetta and here's why you should have said that to some of the Seattle residents their head would probably have exploded <laughs> yeah they'd have had to think about it for a moment then they'd have just <laughs> keeled over <laughs> and that's like Bayonetta because when you're right on top of it you won't be able to see it you'll be so busy looking at the games you've got before it you'll be so busy looking at Splinter Cell which obviously isn't coming now but you've so been so busy looking at Splinter Cell and ODST and Bioshock and looking forward to uh, COD 4 and Assassins, you won't even see it. You won't even notice Surely it. You'll you, never even be able though to you're, Sarah Palin even though you're right on top of it, you won't even need to see it. It's a strong analogy, it's, it's, it's an interesting Not a great analogy. one, but it, it almost worked. It almost worked. Well, you had me for a moment. You had me up until Seattle. Oh, shut up. Uh, there we go. Um, what else have we played this, this month? We've had loads of stuff in the office. Yeah, yeah. something yeah, we getting... can't talk about a lot of. A lot of we can definitely talk about Tekken 6. Which uh, Mike Mike loves. Well, no, you know what? I've never been a Tekken hater. I mean, I mean I'm not a Tekken hater. I like I, I like a decent beam up. Tekken's a decent beam up, but it's not as, in any way a serious thing. I wouldn't. It's think exactly it the same as it ever was. It still looks. It's nice looking, but it still looks. It's 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 
it's a beam up for the casual gamer, but that's good. I mean, you know, there've been so many hardcore beam ups. But it isn't, isn't. I mean, they've got so many characters now. It really is just a case of picking someone you like the look of and just playing. Well, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you know, because it's Tekken, you might pick them and then find they're they're so brutally, brutally unbalanced that you literally couldn't win. You couldn't beat. You know, power up with it. Always go for the kangaroo. And the one place, like the one, the one time I can get a win against Pellet is when I'm playing a fighting game. Like that's the one, that's the one chance I got a win of. Uh, so one chance I got of getting a win. FIFA, I won the first game. I should have quit them because since then he's been banging away like eight one victories against me. I can't say I care for it. <laughs> Rob let in the eighth in that game. He did, yeah, because I just put the pad down halfway through. I had, it wasn't for any, it wasn't because I was surviving <laughs> sulk. I had to get the bus, and because uh, unfortunately he's been chucking you had it down. You to say the bus. that, didn't you? No, but, I'm just, I'm just but trying yeah, to make. How many of those girls came from the cheesy chips? Four. Yeah, four cheesy chips. Four I've cheesy got into chips. The old chips recently. I never did them on FIFA before. Really got them into them recently. Well, of course you have. They're a guaranteed goal. In no, FIFA no, 10 even on, on, no, even on 09. I've just, just taken, taken my game from 010, um, from 10 back into 09. Anyway, well, right. Should we talk about how we're sellouts once yeah, more? Yeah, we're podcast. bent as well. So GM are bent, and we're bent as well. Right. Evan's wearing Left 4 Dead 2 t-shirts, by the way, to set, shall, to set shall the Shall I read scene. out? It's a very long email. Shall I read it all out? Shall mm, I? So give well, it a get, get the choice bits. Okay. Um, so we got an email from a listener to the podcast. Uh, as we record this, it was yesterday, actually. It was last night. Um, I, I didn't copy his name down, I uh, purposely, to be honest. Um, yeah, he might not want us reading it out, I don't know. Uh, right. Uh, he says, um, first of all, the letter's directed to the whole team. Although I think it might have been me that started me, the you comments. And, well, probably me, three, because we were the ones talking about it. Was this we? on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't around then, so it was you two, you friggin'. No, I think you were. Right, I think you were. Was I there as well? <laughs> yeah, it was two podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, I did, because I, I went out on the boycott brigade. Yeah, what a bunch of yeah. douchebags they are. Right. The purpose of this letter is to state my severe dis- uh, dissatisfaction towards the contents of your mag and podcast. You repeatedly stressed that you were an un- unbiased and fair mag in terms of reviews and events in the gaming community until the Left 4 Dead 2 boycott began, at which point you began to repeatedly denounce them as whiners and childish. Um, but then I guess this isn't a surprise considering that the boycott group isn't shelling out for ad space in your magazine. Typical media taking the side of whoever signs your paycheck. Um, it goes on quite a lot, obviously, that theme saying that uh, Valve apparently lied to their customers concerning the free DLC for Left 4 Dead 1 and that he doesn't mind how much um, content they're now giving, uh, how much new stuff there is for Left 4 Dead 2 because they still lied about the DLC for the original. Okay, and there's, the a, only there's reason... a couple of points here. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll just deal with them I, I, I'll just finish this off very quickly. He said, um, um, and the reason they're only now doing the DLC for Left 4 Dead 1, the, the only reason they're considering making any more content is a direct result of the boycott. Mm. A neutral media Maybe that shows everyone's side of the story is all that I want, but apparently you have decided to be the Fox News what? of the gaming media. Fox News of the gaming media. Well, the thing is we are showing everyone's side of the story because our, our take on it is that the, the boycott brigade are whiners and babies. Yeah, we... That is our take on it. I mean, that's, that's not because anyone's signing any particular check. I mean, have you seen our magazine lately? Where are the no, adverts? No, yeah, it's not like EA are queuing up to advertise for with us. Like, when was the last I time I can't remember the, the last time EA even advertised with us. First, first of all, I mean... I, What's the last EA cover we did? It's an aside anyway. But in terms of the whole advert situation, there's a dedicated advert team that works for our company, which is obviously Future Publishing. I don't even know. Are they based in Bath or are they based in London? Yeah, there is a team in Bath, I believe. Okay, well, they're in a different building. The only person who knows what ads are going to be in the mag before the mag gets sent is the editor, Tim. 
Oh, in the, the building we're recording in now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So th- we we record this podcast in a different building to where we write. The only the only no, you person told me to say that you just, you just told me to say this now. <laughs> the the only person who knows which ads are going and go in the mag on the editorial staff is Tim, the editor. Um, Tim wisely protects us from that because it, it doesn't doesn't need. It to doesn't benefit. It's not relevant. No. No. Not relevant no we don't need to know what ads are going in, and we you know what ads. Go in the mag, don't inform how we write. But we write honestly. But let's not come across as being defensive here. I mean, the fact mm. the fact is, I mean, they say the guy said, "Oh yeah, you know, you say you're you're unbiased. You say you're you know impartial. Well, you know, this this is a, a biased and partial opinion." Well, the thing about being an independent magazine is that we can show a bias that is yeah. our own opinion. You know, our we, own side. That's what story. we're here for. You that's know, what the bias when, is. When, when, when we opinion. when we say a game is great, it's our opinion. And when we say a game is bad, that's our opinion. And we, and we try and make sure we just... See, the thing with a good review and a bad review is like, a bad review will say a game is good or bad, but a good review will say it's good or bad and then say why it's good or bad and put, present a convincing argument. So even if you really like the game, you could read it and go, yeah, you know what, I see where they're coming from. That's fair enough. Well, with this, it is once again an opinion. And my opinion is that any going out and signing a petition because a company which is been very good to its customers in the past and made some incredible games because they won't give you the DLC that apparently you were promised well boo hoo there's a lot of supposition there as well because they are they are still releasing all that DLC for and left of course as the guy says it may very well have been that they only did that after the as a response to the boycott maybe it wasn't I, I don't know yeah we're not I, I don't I honestly don't, don't know, know and if and if they did wait great you win if they weren't if they weren't planning on releasing DLC well to be honest it's not your place to tell Valve to do business anyway it's not again. It's not as if Valve are queuing up to give us money. You know that we. It's not like that. It's okay. So Valve make really, really good games, and I want to see them keep making really good games. And in this case, they've decided to release a really, really good game on a disc instead of as downloadable content. Well, I would have liked it as downloadable content too because shit, I pay for games, and I would have loved to have paid a hell of a lot less for it. But Valve are one of the best games makers in the world. I'm not about. Who am I to tell them how to do business? And who the hell are you to tell them how to do business? It's like you're some you're just some guy sitting on the other side of the computer saying, Oh yeah, Gabe Newell, by the way, you know, all that all that you know, you're you make some of the best games in the world, but you aren't half a twat. And then just telling him how he should be running his business, that's that is outrageous, deeply offensive. Well I actually uh I put it to Chet Fallazek at um at Valve. I said, you know, are these guys just just dicks or what? I mean Is I, this when they were handing you that brown envelope? Yeah, this yeah. is when they were handing me my check. Um, I said to him, uh, yeah, do you think these guys are just dicks or what? I mean, do, do they have a case? And he said, well, you know what? He said, they're our friends. He said, they're our customers and our customers are our friends. And it's very much the PR line, you know. But their line is that, you know, our customers are our friends. And you can have a falling out with your friends. You can have a disagreement with your friends. But at the end of the day, you're still friends and you'll work around it and you'll find ways to compromise. And that's what he says, you know, that's what, you know, that's what, they're going to do. They're just. They're going to. They'll, they'll find ways to be friends again in the future. It's like it might might be against. You might be against one another right now, but in the future you won't. But as I said, it's okay to present your argument in this way and say, okay, you know, Valve, I don't really agree with this. This isn't good. I'm not going to buy your game. But to assemble a silly little online petition just seems so petty. It just seems so childish, and that's the part that I'm complaining about. What I always objected to on the, on the position was never the thing saying we're not going to buy the game. You know what? That was always fine. We're not going to buy the game. Good for you guys. You know what? Get as many of you together as possible and say we aren't going to buy the game because you guys promised us DLC and you didn't deliver it. Get your friends together and sign that petition. That's a great petition because you know what? That game has come out a little bit too soon. But, you know, 
FIFA, FIFA does it every year, you know. Maybe you even put a petition against that. Maybe you you do all these different things. Guitar Hero, which Guitar is about five Hero. a year. Yeah, you think it's like five a year, and it could easily be downloadable content. Maybe you get a petition against that. Maybe you petition against all of these games, and you say, "I'm not going to buy them," and you don't buy them, and then they lose your money. Okay, that's great. But this petition, this particular petition, the the famous one, the Big Boycott Brigade, specifically listed ways in which they wouldn't like Left 4 Dead 2 and told Valve to yeah, fix that's, them. That's, um, that's, it that's, said, we don't like the music, you've got to fix them. Yeah. We don't like the characters, you've got to fix them. We don't like this, you've got to fix it. We don't like it, it's in daylight, you've got to fix it. That is telling one of yeah. the best games companies in the world how to make their game. I must admit, I used to and like... that, my friends, is bullshit. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. And I, 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 I do yearn for day sometimes when when the games were just dropping through the letterbox and that were kind of, you know, you wouldn't have had any input into it. You could just sit down and appreciate it for what it was and blame the internet again. Yeah. It's all the internet's fault. So this guy wrote us a letter. You know what? If, you want, if you're boycotting that game, we back you every step of the way. If you're telling Valve how to make that game, forget about you. Mm. Got a few more questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go into them. Um, a Gippo Beater. See, I'm still calling him Gippo Beater. Wants to know, um, DJ Hero... And Tony Hawk's Ride, two very expensive games, um, which seems very odd at the moment given the current economic climate. Are people going to buy them? Because obviously it's going to cost a lot of money. Don't get me started on Activision and expensive because obviously games there's RRPs. Um, it was interesting. I was chatting to a guy in GameStation last week, and they haven't had any word from Activision in terms of RRP. But obviously online, all the retailers are uh, showing the standard edition of Call of Duty. Um, to be £55 RRP. Mm. There's a lot of, of funny pricing experiments this generation, remember? The Bigs have just come out at 20 quid. Mm -hmm. A Rockstar Table Tennis came out at 20 quid really early on in the console's life. Mm. All the launch games were at 55, and then once the prices began to drop, Gears of War came That's out at right, a surprising now, 55. Yeah. But remember, none of these prices were actually reflected on the shelves. They were all like given the old discount. That was the RRP, but all the game stores were in a price war with one another. I wonder if you could actually bump up the price on Table Tennis and people would still have bought it. I mean, I, I had the rockstar name on the box, yeah. probably. I, I can understand. Sounds like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking Activision money now. I can understand the logic behind their recommended price to sell it is is fifty pound, but the most anyone sells it is for forty pound. Mm. So if they bump up what they recommend, then they'll get closer to the original yeah. recommended price. Yes. Yeah. But. Is that their place to say? You know, it's. I can the, guess they the, can charge. Listen, I guess they can charge whatever they want for it, but because obviously they're again, once again, us, you can boycott. To, it's up to us to vote with our wallets. If we don't like it, we just don't buy it. Because obviously there were the rumours circulating down. that they were looking with. Again, this is unsubstantiated, so this isn't me proclaiming, proclaiming this to be fact. But there were the rumours about um, subscription service for the multiplayer. Yeah. And obviously that's gone away now. Mm. But now we've seen this hiking, supposed hiking RRP. There might be a link there. There might not. I'm not going to draw any conclusions. I can, there, but it, it just, just getting you back, odd. getting you back to the, um, the the peripherals and stuff like that. I can kind of, even though I don't get the whole peripherals thing the really. Plastic tap. Um, I can understand why you might need to pay more to get the peripheral. Yeah. But but for for a game that there's no reason to to hike the price up, other than everyone's going to buy it. Because it's brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's... That's really dodgy. That's the thing. Yeah. Activision coming along and saying, yeah, you know, development costs are high in, in these days and we are, it's harder to make games because it's a recession. Why wasn't Wolverine and, 55? Well, I would say, yes, that's, I agree oh. with that and it is harder to make games right now. But um, they've chosen the one game they know that's going to sell no matter what price they put on it yeah. to make this stand. And that is obviously suspect. Who fancies a pair of night vision goggles, eh, guys? 
That is just... Only if we get an office pair. That is joke. DJ Hero and, and Ride, then. What do we think? Um, both will have to be uh, seen more as an investment than a standalone game. I can see the investment in DJ Hero, even though Activision... It's not like um, the guitars or, or drum kits, which can be used through different games. Mm. DJ Hero, the turntable, the platter and the, the crossfader and everything else... Surely that's only going to work with DJ Hero because Scratch the Ultimate DJ uses a very, very different, different style of yeah, deck. Very different. Mm. So I can't see anyone else for the foreseeable future making a game that will work with that. So we'll have to rely on, on DJ Listen, Hero. I don't, I don't get. I don't really. I don't really don't get these type of games. So I just. I don't think it's my. I don't really have anything sensible to comment on it. I guess if you like it enough, you could buy mm. it. But if you don't, you won't, and they won't make any more of them. But the thing about Ride, I think Ride's going to be completely redundant. It come a year anyway when Natal comes out. Well, I think when Natal comes out, they'll they'll release Ride Two, and you'll use the board deck. And Natal for like body motions and stuff like that. You know, they'll just they'll just bang the two into one great great big package with that. I think they'll they'll keep they'll keep that board useful in some way. The only reason I want to see that game is I want to see Matt or someone playing in the office. Well, you've got such a small space. <laughs> got such a small space to play games in the office. Yeah. Natal is already going to be a problem for us. And the is that rain? It is. It's chucking oh it there. Oh, we got to walk God. back to that, listeners. We have got to walk back in like rain, which is so loud it's we can actually hear it in the studio. Noah's Ark to come going past the window. It's so blinking. Sorry for that little digression, but yeah, we, we're going to be in the office in our tiny little space. Matt's going if he if he gets one kick flip wrong, he's smashing his brains out on the um on the ca- the metal filing cabinets. We need the off-skate replay system in the office and then post it up on YouTube. Yeah, and <laughs> that is one <laughs> game we will break the video camera out for and film in the office. Probably it's um you kind of got. So Tony Hawk, Mike. Yeah or nay? I'm not going to play it. DJ Hero? I'm not going to play that. Rob? Neither? Could they make riding into a surfboard? I'm sure. California Games, isn't it? California Games 2010. I do that. I play that. Personally, I think DJ Hero is likely to do well. I think they're riding on the wave of rhythm action games. It's still a big ask for people because DJ is very different from just grabbing a guitar or drums. But I think once people hear the music, they'll be swayed. I don't think Tony Hawk will. I play some. I do we'll the same one if it was some dirty drum and bass or something. But I'm not playing some freaking commercial hits on it. Some greasy mashups. Yeah, I'm not playing. Hey, some there's some good, good mashups. And um, flying penguin eighteen wants to know how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood, Mike. <laughs> don't know six. <laughs> six. That's your answer. He also <laughs> wants to know after buying Lost Odyssey, um, he couldn't get over how amazing yet old school it felt. What traditional uh, what would traditional JRPGs benefit from to bring them into this gen? I, I, Being set on fire and just I killed. Just, I I I um, played. I can't remember. Is it Lost Odyssey? Is that the one with Lost Odyssey? Yeah, Kaim. I really really tried to get into that. I put like fifteen hours into it about a month ago. Okay. And I kind of I kind of convinced myself I was liking it. There were certain elements I kind of like. It's so out there. Then I played Mass Effect again and just realised how shat it was. I spoke to Greg Zischek about this. I think there's a there's a piece in it in our oh not not our 14th of August issue, our September. Yeah, we're playing that far ahead. September folks. issue, uh, where he just sort of says that you know he had a chat with the, the lead dude from Square who just said that the Japanese the JRPG just needs an injection of new blood. Just think that just needs a bunch of young guys I think, of, I think Final Fantasy 13 is going to be a bit. I think if anything, what it needs as Rob as Robin was you know quoting Greg Zaschuk from Bioware saying. What the Japanese RPG needs is young guys working on it, like new guys, guys who haven't been working on these mm. games for 15 years, guys with new ideas coming in. And I think the best JRPG of the last, God, probably 10 years is um, The World Ends With You on the DS, which is full of ideas, full of great ideas. Mm. And it's still not a game I would play. 
I, but it is, it is an, it's an idea-heavy game. I'm going to count this from a completely different angle, just due to the fact that I like GA, JRPGs as they are anyway, and obviously both of you aren't, aren't, so, aren't so fond. And they've still got a pretty big following, not so much over here as, as in, in Japan. Um, I think one of my complaints about JRPGs is, is how they're, they're shaped, in inverted commas. They're very much like inverted pyramid. You're led through the game down a very linear path with the odd side quests here and there. And it's only at the end that you tend to, just before the big battle, you get to explore a world map and do all the side quests. Mm. And do, If you play uh, a Western RPG, something like Oblivion or Fallout, as soon as you step into that world, the amount that's open to you is ridiculous. Mm. You can go loads of places, you can spend a good 20, 25 hours doing yeah, other you stuff. You can't before you even... accomplish everything, but you can You can do something. You can, you can or, busy or, yourself, yeah, exactly, get yeah. stuck into other things. And you can ignore the main quest. You can't really do that with a JRPG. I'd like to see a JRPG with the fighting mechanics kept the same. I like, you know, the ATB, the um, um, turn-based, whatever, whatever it, it tends to be. Um, yeah, well, uh, I mean, Act of Time Battle, I think, is... I, I, I really I like the ring like... system in Lost Odyssey. Uh, well, ring system. Well, nice. no, I really like the idea of the ring system. It was actually rubbish, but it had real potential. I mean, some play on. I, I, I'm a big Final Fantasy VII fan. I'd like to see Materia return or in some form. But you know, there's nothing really wrong with any of the magic systems. But I just wish, in the structure of the game, it started out like an Oblivion or a Fallout, where it's like a Christmas tree shape. You start the game and everything's open. Do then you find them massively trite as well, narratively wise. Like a lot of the time. Is yeah, it, it, I, absolutely. It's just, I, I the stories are depends, so badly written. I don't know. It depends on the writing. I found Lost Odyssey fantastic, really gripping. Other games, I, but the I main story is terrible, and you know who the baddie is from the first like five I know seconds. You do. I don't the think vignette bad. bits are great. I know you've played more of it than me, so you are more qualified to talk about it. The, the, the listen, I was weeping like a baby after some of those vignettes, they were so beautifully yeah. done. I mean, the way that the, the fonts came on the set, the music, the just the, the writing was utterly amazing, but the actual main quest was. Oh, I, 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 I thought it was. Uh, I thought They're it was quite enjoyable. Very archetype heavy, aren't they? Very archetype oh, yeah. heavy. Always just based upon. Th- this always seems to be based upon stuff that's happened before. Mm. Th- we got that with stick on CVG actually. And it's very rare I read, read comments threads, but you got a bit of stick on CVG for Matt Castle's review of um, Star, Star Ocean. Ocean. And his uh, main complaint wasn't that oh yes, yeah, a Japanese RPG, which is what a lot of uh, the commenters mm. asserted. His problem was that if you have a sci-fi RPG, the basic sci-fi universe has to be good. It's not. It's just elves with swords in space. It's terrible. It's a terrible <laughs> sci-fi world. And, you know, there's no room for bad sci-fi. No. We, we you know, sci-fi, you, you could do anything with it. And they did bad sci-fi. So there you go. Boom. Sorry. 60%. Ooh. See ya. Or whatever score it was, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, if you're, if you're, they're so busy dealing with archetypes, they can't think outside them. To the extent that you do an RPG set in space and... You stick to the same archetypes you would have used if it was set in Middle Earth, you know? That's, that's very disappointing. But yeah, I'd like to see a different structure to a JRPG where it's more open, you've got a big world, you can kind of just explore it as you want to start off with, and then you pick up quests here and there, and you maybe start to piece together the, the main storyline. You yeah, don't get don't, told straight I away. Lose, I don't think you lose everything, because there are certain elements of JRPGs that are still really, really good. And, and yeah, I don't know why I use... I probably use Final Fantasy VII as my point of reference, but there were some brilliant ideas in that game with like, the material, the, the material thing. Some have some The world map was really well done. I mean, yeah. I just... I, I, I think, actually, that... Some of the old SNES RPGs, like the um, Seiken Densetsu series. Um, Secret of Mana. Yeah, um, and then the ones that didn't come out, like Seiken Secret Densetsu Secret of Mana 3 was so good. And well, the, the later ones are much, much Secret, better. Yeah, Secret of Mana 3, which has been brilliantly translated yeah. by, um, by you know, 
gamers. I'm yeah. about halfway through taking Dentetsu three. I've been have been for the last few years. It's an it's a fantastic. Definitely, game. if you uh, if you if you understand emulation, we're not going to encourage people towards it for obvious reasons. But if you uh, if you understand emulation, get the ROM for that because that is a really good RPG. Absolutely. Get the translated ROM. One last question because I know we've been talking for an awful long time. Uh, it's from a reader called Shep. He Shep 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 the, sh Shep the sheepdog Shep. Um, he says he's been waiting for Call of Juarez two. I, I think he means for a long time now. And after reading the review, which I believe Tom wrote for us, he, did. he went straight out and bought it. He thought it was a great game, um, although it has been criticised elsewhere for being too linear. Um, he, he goes on to say this has happened on more than one occasion with games he's liked. Why is a linear game seen to be such a bad thing now? Is it because know. he uh, liked Tim? Because obviously Tim said quite a lot that he's when he's got older, he's no longer as good as games. Linear's he tends to good. just sit down. Linear's, I like linear. Yeah, I like linear. Absolutely. Um, as yeah, he's done well. He goes on to say, basically, the point is, are linear games as bad as other people? Well, look at what Infinity War so. said. You know, we 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 make COD linear because that's how you tell a great story. Mm. That's how you so in a first-person shooter, that's how you tell a story. Batman doesn't have to be, but for the most part, for the story, unless you're going off getting the collectibles, it's pretty linear. Yeah. It's also what Greg Zeschek said. Sorry to keep going partner back. He said, you know, that he he admires Bethesda so much. Thinks Fallout Three is like the best game he's played in like forever. Thinks it's amazing open world, but you know, Bioware do. He wasn't discounting ever doing one like that, but he said, you know, our our area is tight narrative. Yeah. Their area is is and this and they complement. And he was talking about how Fable and Fate and Fallout Three came out at the same time, both sold really yeah. well in the same genre, which didn't even until a few years ago used to be a big seller. Yeah. So it's all good times, I, man. I, I just don't times. understand why linear is like a, a synonym for bad. No. I've never understood that. The, the, my, most of my favourite games are completely linear experiences. Mm. I mean, Resident Evil 4. Yep. It's just a track. You ride to the end. Dead and you, get, you, you, you walk into an area and it opens, the track gets a bit wider and you'll move on to a corridor and the track gets smaller, but mm. it's always on the same track. No, I think, I think, I think the thing about uh, Shep, the point Shep and Tim make about age and stuff is absolutely true. That sometimes you just want to sit down, be blown away for, for eight yeah. hours. And I haven't got 100 hours for a game anymore. I just no. haven't. I find um, linear experiences just more polished, more yeah. directed. Yeah. Like The amount of times I've played a game that there's something cool going on, but I haven't seen it because I, I haven't been guided towards that particular well, part Well, look at the it. way Valve guides yeah. your eye, even. They, Half-Life games are completely linear, and they, they even, they even, they're so good at making games, they can even control where you're looking at any given point. You know? They know how to direct your eye, mm -hmm. whether it's with noise or light or angles. So, or you know, even with the character okay. saying, oh my God, look at that. And then you'll look, and you'll be like, you'll see the tower in the distance collapsing. You know, or, it's the City 17 or God Tower. Of, God of War's a great one, where they fix the camera angles. No one complained about fixed camera angles then, because it's yeah. showing you what... Going, look what look what the hell is going on in the background. There's a sodding god ripping up a city in the background. We want you to look at that. Yeah. We want Kratos to be real small. Well, you know, and they do it. They actually do that in Arkham Asylum. In a bit we're not allowed to talk about. It. It's very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there we go. Linear's uh, not bad at all. Don't, linear's, uh, don't the new, feel... linear's the new sandbox, say <laughs> Xbox World. The thing is, a lot of like traditionally linear games have made leaps into sandbox world. Like yeah. Red, Red Faction, Faction. one which made the transition beautifully. Hmm. And yeah, there's, there's there's space for both. I mean, but that that linear is used There's as like a pejorative. Is is that the right word? Good word. I yeah. don't know. Well, <laughs> well, that that is used in you know to to cuss games out. There you go. There's a word that everyone can understand. It's used to cuss games out. I think it's just indefensible. It's, it's it, there's nothing wrong with a linear game. I find there can there can't really be too many linear games, but there can definitely be too many sandbox games. Yeah. I not only is my interest in sandbox games starting to drop but it's just i don't have the time to spend a lot of time in sandbox world to get something I out of a game of, after 
too long. I think it's a linear game. Word, but I think find... qualifying the word linear is so you can have a game where like, which is like, say, I don't know, a really shat, like a game like Wanted or whatever, then there's no reason to mm. go back to it either. But with Call of Duty, you don't just go back to it because it's great. You go back to it because they've got little, little clever little challenges and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and there's, there's bits you just like, I want to relive that again. It's like you, it's like you watch the, you flick to a bit in a Bond movie and you're like, I want to see that bit where James Bond does this again. This is the barrel roll in the yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Or it's like, or oh, I, I, I want to like, watch, watch that scene in The Matrix where you defend the lobby and Neo mm. goes through the lobby. You just want to see that one bit. Mm. It's like, I, I go to, I've gone back to Call of Duty 4 just to play the AC-130 bit because it's so atmospheric. Or play the bit, the mission before the bomb goes off because it's just so cool when that yeah. bomb goes off. Mm. Like, I just, you just find yourself doing it because those bits are so good, so mm. well made. Mm. And because the game's so directed, you know, you experience every part of that that the developers intended. Absolutely. That's a nice point to leave it. Um, thanks, guys. It's a bit of a long one this, today. Uh, Xbox World uh, latest issue is out on the 14th 14th of August we've got loads of stuff that Mike went and saw that he didn't really allow to talk about but he might have dropped, sorry dropped guys the, we will them, mention it in a mention. couple of weeks we don't when it begins with hey H&M's ODST so that's, that's our we've big got, thing we've uh, got Batman review. Matt's big Batman I'm review. Unbiased Batman review, but we'll see what comments come out on the internet. After oh, that. Matt, you're just crooked. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, and loads of other loads of other great stuff. So uh, please buy it because it's great. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.